0: I'm Pastor Corey, by the way. Hi, everybody. You guys doing good? Glad to be in the house of God. Uh, this is Pastor Aaron. Uh, we, came, well, we came to uh, Airdrie about uh, six years ago, just over six years ago, with our four daughters. Who are dispersed abroad serving. I don't see any of them. And uh, I do see one of them. And um, the other one was playing the drums. And so, anyways. And we, and we have two more, but... Um, Anyways, uh, there's a, I want to invite you, and even if you haven't planned on this, I would just uh, invite you anyways, to, um, we have a pizza with the pastor's party after this uh, service upstairs. And so we would welcome you to come in. We love that you come on Sunday mornings, but there's so much more of church life available for you that uh, once you get kind of addicted to Jesus and his house, um, you'll never go back. Uh, it's, it's where we find our purpose in life. And so we would really want to encourage you to not keep try to keep jesus at arm's length particularly coming into easter i think some of us need to make some commitments to the lord and uh understand that so many of the scriptures in the new testament only come true when we are really part of the lifeblood of a local church so if uh you want to get a little more involved want to hear more about the church just come on upstairs after the, the service and we will feed you uh pizza free pizza like all the guys should be like yes The first time pastor Aaron, she she uh she says to me she says do you want to because we had met through some friends or something and she said do you want to come over to my house for dinner sometime and before she had finished saying dinner i'm like yes i'm not a complicated person so um and the dinner was so good that i decided to marry her cranberry chicken has anybody had pastor aaron's cranberry chicken oh yeah you know you'd marry her too um all right now, here's what I want to say. Easter is coming. Starting tomorrow, like six days from now, Easter is coming. And I just want to kind of warn you a little bit that the, the devil is going to... he's So he's going to act like an idiot. Because he can't help himself. So what I want you to do is I want you to press through this week. Because Sunday's coming. And uh, I... Today is actually Palm Sunday, and if you didn't grow up in church, which most of you didn't really grow up in church, you don't know what that means. So I'm going to preach a Good Friday sermon today <laughs> because we're not doing a Good Friday service. And I really want to talk about um, Good Friday. You know, our whole, our, our whole uh, you know, for these two uh, Easter sermons, our whole idea is like what went down uh, just came up. But before we go up, we got to go down this week. And uh, you're going to thank me for it after. It's going to be good. But I, I just want you to know that the enemy's going to stir something up in your life, distract you, hurt you. Just be prepared for that and put it in the box of things that can't change your mind. And uh, decide to, to serve sort God. Of, you know, I, I've had some weird dreams the last few days, which is weird. Like, can the devil do that? I don't know. Sometimes it's maybe what you ate you know, at 10 o'clock the night before that you shouldn't have. And so I had a dream this morning at like four in the morning. I wake up and it's super real to me. And I'm, I'm like angry about it. I wake up. This is my dream. Do you know Amy, Hoot uh, from, from church, anybody know Amy? So you might be in a small group, but she, I had a dream that she talked pastor Aaron into having a dog convention in the church at nine o'clock on Sunday morning. And I'm like, Aaron, why would that, that never came across my desk why would you think that that would be okay like what is it in your head why would you let amy talk you into anything and then let's have a dog convention with 300 people with dogs in the church so anyways get behind me satan we're not doing that i want you to know as a church too that we've now rented all of elevanca space beside us for our children's ministry so uh, isn't that a blessing to be able to do that um, and we would invite you to share communion with us at the end of the service, if you would like. If you need more information about that, uh, just talk to somebody over in the prayer corner afterwards. And uh, there's going to be a response time for you after this uh, sermon as well. So um, we have a baptism coming up on April 30th, and somebody here is going to decide today to go public. You guys are go public with your faith in Jesus. It's not a private thing. You're like, it's just between me and Jesus and Jesus. Like actually marriage is pretty public. So, um, I'd like everybody to know that you're off the market and you belong to me. So, um, so anyway, so that's going to happen. We're going to make you stand in your swim trunks in the tank here. No, uh, and uh, you are going to stand there. Now, some people do that in there. We just record a video ahead of time, so it's a little bit easier for you not to stand here and feel all weird in your swim swim trunks, okay? Well, that's what I'd be thinking about if i like never been to a baptism service. I'm like, well, am I going to be doing this in my trunks? Okay. Uh, first Wednesday at 7 o'clock, we, uh, we have a night of worship and prophetic ministry here, and just it's, we get to go a little bit deeper than we can go on Sundays. And so that's this Wednesday at 7. I want to invite you out. I'm going to teach you how to share your faith with other people and so uh, it's not that difficult and you tell your story so and um the week after um easter pastor nate pacini from uh, my pastor at peter's church is coming from substance in minneapolis uh he and pastor max their worship pastor are coming so that's gonna be awesome worship team is gonna get to work with pastor max the week after, Pastor Quincy from Experience Church in Calgary is coming uh, to uh, hold down the pulpit for me. So, and both of those gentlemen are on your director's board uh, as well. And so so if you have any complaints, talk to them. Don't talk to me. I don't. I don't. All right. Thanks, Sean. Today's uh, sermon is really a good, a good Friday sermon. We're going to kind of talk about something a little more serious. But I think um, you've got to think about Easter like this. You've got to think about your life like this. It's like a giant spring. Sometimes, see, society just wants the gold medal, right? But they don't want to tell you you're going to have to you're going to have to train for it. You're actually going to have to enter a race. Am I not talking to millennials and under participation badges? I'm like, back when I was a kid, you actually had to run stuff and do stuff to get stuff. And uh, too soon, millennials. But your life is like a spring. I'm going to slow it down a little bit right now. And and I want you to rise at Easter like Jesus rose. See, the rising of it comes quick. But it's like pushing a spring down. And I feel like there's areas of your life where you haven't allowed God to push the spring down. He'll do it through a bunch of different ways in your life. Sometimes he'll use your own mistakes to do it. Sometimes he'll use other people betraying you. Sometimes he'll put you in a situation that's just hard. Or he'll be at work in a situation that the enemy designed for you. But because God is God, he's going to work through it anyways. And so you've got to understand, like, God is good and the enemy is bad. Some people get angry at God for all the sin and the harm in the world. And God's like, that wasn't me, man. Um, and so don't blame God for things that the devil is doing. But he will use those things to push a spring down. Some of us, we want to rise really high, but the reason that we don't rise is because we won't let God push the spring all the way down, I think, until it clicks. It clicks in a place called death to self, and, uh, and I'm going to be preaching about that a little bit. Jesus said, unless a seed, this is super, the imagery here, you've got to catch it, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. So you're here for two two things, to connect with God and to connect with people. That's why you exist on earth. And we say you can't do that until you connect somebody else with God and people. Unless you're willing to let the seed of your life and that area of your life fall into the ground and die, it says Jesus says you'll remain alone. And we're like, well, we don't want to be alone. The price of connection, because when it rises up, it brings fruit with it. And the price of connection is to actually go down until that spring locks, until you're at the bottom uh, of it. And so, um, and in terms of time, rising happens quick, but that fall can take a little bit of time. I don't know if you've ever been in, in a painful situation. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But um, today's sermon is called 600 meters, 600 meters. Society is all about how fast you can run 600 meters these days. Like, I just want to get there fast. I, wanna, I want the perfect marriage that I see on TV. You know that nobody on TV is, like, actually married anymore, right? (laughs) Oh, it's it's so romantic. I'm like, no, it's not. They're on their, like, fifth wife. They're not romantic anymore. It's just painful. (laughs) Society wants to offer you this, like, oh, I want total fulfillment. Yeah, well, you don't get that until the spring gets pushed all the way down. So how far is uh, 600 meters? Some of you don't really know all this. How, How 600 meters is about from here to that store, um, Rocket Fizz. Have you been down there? That specialty candy store? I haven't been there because I'm super healthy, but I've, I've. Somebody similar to me, a a close friend, very close friend, went there on his wife's birthday and was like, I don't have enough stuff. I got to do something stupid. So $47 later, uh, he did this friend of mine. I'm working on him. He's. He doesn't, he doesn't pick stuff up real quick. Um, I was thinking it's 600 meters, you know. Do we got any fast people in the house? I mean, how, how, how fast could you run 600 meters in? Uh, Layton here is pretty fast. Um, he's a bit vicious, though. Layton actually, when he plays soccer, he's, he just, he's only got one speed, and it's, like, all out. He actually broke my foot playing indoor soccer one time because he tackled me at half. And you're like, were you playing tackle soccer? And I'm like, he was. And uh, Layden can run and run and run and run. One time, actually, because in my dad's church, uh, we used to play soccer after church. And Layden was a youth. And he's like, man, Pastor, I, Corey, I just feel like a little sluggish today. I'm like, could it be the four, hamb- four sawdust hamburgers that you ate and all the chips in town and the four Dr. Peppers that you drank before you ran out on the field? Could it be that? And he's like, yeah, maybe it is that. I'm like, yeah. And he still outran us. (laughs) The world record from here to Rocket Fizz is about one minute and 14 seconds. Just over a minute. Everything in your life right now is like, if I could just get there quick in in just about a minute, then, you know. I'm going to talk about a different kind of of a race. I'm going to talk about a race where time actually slows. Where that that turns from a run into a crawl. So that we can get to a resurrection. Um, Time... (laughs) Time goes fast when you're having fun. My daughter, Neela, when she was riding a bike, this is Neela, by the way, She's playing drums. Uh, in there. So, so um, I've, I have four daughters, and if you don't have any, or you only have two kids, you're like, two more, is gonna be super complicated. I'm like, no, you just make the older ones raise the younger ones. <laughs> well, they have to to eat and live indoors, right? And so it's not, it's not worse. You just trust me, that's how it works. So I taught Arwen how to ride a bike. I think I taught Ailish how to ride a bike. Katie, in in, in an alarming turn of circumstance, she just looked at it and probably researched it. And she's like, yeah, it's obvious how you, I'm like, that should worry me. She figured it out all herself. Neela, I think Katie must have showed her how to do it. And Neela is, um, Neela has no fear of death and no common sense. And so she learned how to ride a bike in about four minutes. And she was riding around, my dad's church parking lot was behind our house. She was riding around there doing about 600 meters, you know, over and over and super fast. And uh, I saw her come in for a landing and she, as she came in for a landing, she hadn't worked out how the brakes work and she forgot how brakes work. And so I see her feet go off the pedals and then her eyes, the last six meters went real slow for her. You know, her very short life flashed before her eyes and she saw the Lord and I see her eyes just, her eyes widen and she's like, Oh no, it's happening. She hit up parking pedestal that I had anchored to concrete and just boom. but you know I got thinking about it when you're riding around fast out there when your comfort is high time flies but that last six meters can that last six meters of your eyes opening oh this is going to preach is a gift you learn more in that six meters than you learned in all the riding around town You learn more in that time about life and pain and suffering and purpose. Maybe how to stop your life and and get right with God. And um, before you stop your life by hitting a parking pedestal. (laughs) Crystal one time, uh, she was telling us she came down the Karstis Hill on the highway, maybe about 60 meters. And she said she came over the hill and it was a, a sheet of ice. And she said, you know, she was just pumping her brakes and everybody from the top of that hill slid down into everybody at the bottom of that hill. About a hundred cars piled up there. You know, like that takes, those are some very slow seconds. You ever do that? You're just like, here we go. And I can't stop it. What in your life has been like that? Have you ever been in a situation where the clock just slowed? Pastor Aaron and I, we, we budget for beach vacations and, and we went through financial freedom group like a lot of you just did. And, and God has got our finances on track and we're able to go on beach vacations because we budget for them now. But, you know, it's, it's funny. You go for a week to all-inclusive someplace and we're lucky to be able to do it. I understand that. We're grateful to the Lord. But halfway into that vacation, halfway in, I'm like, oh, my goodness, it must be. You realize you're halfway through the vacation and it felt like three hours because time is just speed. I think our comfort level in Canada has been so high. That people's lives are just, the clock is just turning. I don't think we're headed in a direction that has purpose or has meaning. Or And then sometimes uh, it slows. I want to know how fast, or not how fast you could run 600 meters. I want to know how slow you could fall 600 meters. And here's why. Because 600 meters is the distance of a road called the Via Dolorosa. From the place where Christ was condemned in Jerusalem to the place of the cross, 600 meters from court to the cross, from the court of Pilate to crucifixion, 600 meters from the governor to Golgotha. That was uh, the slowest 600 meters that had ever been run in human history. The most powerful, the most poignant. The the fall down into the ground until the seed died. Unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. The hourglass slows when you're suffering. We lost my cousin, she just didn't wake up one morning, and her, one of her kids found her. Left six kids without a mom. Two weeks later, we had a family reunion, and my her brother Kelly was there. I saw him walk in the door of my uncle's house, and I could see in his face that he hadn't slept in two weeks. It was a slow six hundred meters. He crawled for two weeks. You know, Christ follower, those are the two weeks in a person's life that you exist for. Because he didn't know why he was suffering. He walks in and we sit down at a table with uh, his mom who just lost her daughter. And his eyes are just like haunted. You ever, ever seen anybody who's like suffered Great loss. And he looks around and he says, Why are we even here? Like, why are we here? Why are we on this earth? And his mom starts in on this. Some people try to comfort you when you're suffering, but they haven't sat there in it yet. Starts in on this, Well, I think we're here to be good people. Kelly goes to his own mom. He goes, Good people, what are you talking about? What does that m- even mean to be good? To what? Like, who cares? Who decides? What are you? T- it's just something—a story that she told herself—that made you got to take the spring down till it matters. And he's in a place where he's going down, and she's like, "Hey, no, just stop here." He's like, when, I, when you have no purpose and you're coming in for a landing and it's going to hurt and your eyes start opening, you start seeing the world around you like it really is. You start hearing the lies for what they really are. And he goes, he's looking around the room and he says, I don't think anybody here knows why they're here. And then he looked at me and he said, I think you do. I didn't know why he was there. I sat in his seat. When our marriage went down, I sent a text to my brother and five pastor friends of mine. And I said, I thought I had about a week in me. And because I'm super optimistic, I'm like, I'm giving it a month. That's, I don't know that I could, I don't know if my body could make it further than that. Let alone my heart and everything else. I've sat where he sat. I thought, you know, in a month, like it's got to get better in a month, right? Or I just, I can't see a way through it. You know, I used to think I was uh, strong. I see people walk around thinking that they're strong. I think if the dial of pain got turned up maybe a hundred times, I think five minutes of the right kind of pain, I don't think you'd be able to string a sentence together in your head. I couldn't. What if the pain in your life got multiplied by a hundred times? You think you could manage, you think you could stay sane? No, you just try to escape. Well, I couldn't escape. We were, how long were we down there, babe? 36 months? And it started in a bad place. It started in a place that I didn't think we were going to get up. I realized in 36 months, maybe we had all sorts of temptation to like stop the spring from getting pushed down. We did come up, but that spring had to go down all the way. I look at my cousin Kelly's life, and I love him. You know, I've got to take him outside and talk about the gospel to him and talk about sin separating us from God and the reality of eternity on the other side of this life. When this door closes, there's this other door that opens, and your choices here matter in all of eternity. Are you connected? Are you in God's family? He sent Jesus all the way down to the dirt to adopt you. It's the only way into a family. That's how families work. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it, but you got a sin problem and your life is, it's going to cost you your life. And if it doesn't, God is not just, and if God is not just, then God is not good. But he provided a way through his own son. And I explained the gospel to him and he was right there. He was right there. And he started moving closer to Christ. I was trying to hook him up with the church so that he could like, and we went back after COVID to the last family reunion. We hadn't seen him and he sat at the table with my other cousins, all with good jobs, all with comfort. And I realized he's back to where he started. All that suffering wasted. Wasted all of it for nothing. Cause he wouldn't let the spring go all the way down and die. When pain slows the hourglass. Your eyes open. Have you ever been betrayed by somebody? Have you ever betrayed somebody? Has it, if you knew that your sin would come out and you were in that moment, man, the clock just stops. You're like, if, if people find out about me, uh, they should lock me away from people that's, that love me. There's no coming back from this one. I think a lot of people come to Christ. I think the message is all wrong. Sometimes they're like, Hey, I want to come to Jesus so that I can be happier than I am. I'm like, well, happiness in eternity. Yeah. But can we do something about this? Thank you. Happiness. Happiness. Did, have you ever sat in the middle of your sin? Have you ever sat in the middle of your sin at the bottom of your, of your life, at the end of yourself and realized the weight of the sin on your life and realized if Jesus doesn't reach a hand out, I'm done. I have no connection to God. I can't work my way out. I can't, unless he puts a cross down in this dirt. There's nobody who, who can do it for me. I can't climb out of this. I think if you haven't come to Christ and you haven't been down that far, I don't know what kind of a relationship you have. With Jesus, Because today I think you're going to have an opportunity to meet the man of sorrows who is acquainted with grief. Don't waste the suffering. Don't waste the suffering. The scriptures of that 600 meter journey, the scriptures about that are very limited in the gospels and i would i would recommend that you read them this week because that journey and the depth of that journey that ended in the cross is the reason that we as a people can rise to the heights that god has brought us with i don't mean your life is without suffering but i mean your life is with christ now and these next 600 meters from monday to sunday the next 6 days are going to Make or break the rest of your life. What you do in the next six days is going to define you or it's going to disgrace you. Would you be willing to walk a slow road with me in the next six days and go down as far as we need to go down the rabbit trail to see a Jesus down there that you don't know yet? I met the man of sorrows in the 36 months. I didn't know that about Jesus. I had a relationship here, but I didn't have a one down there in the dirt. I thought I did, but I didn't really. What would you be willing? How far down would you be willing to go? We find the best scripture about that 600 meters in a prophecy, 700 years before Christ given to Isaiah says, who has believed our report? Now, as as we're reading this to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed as we're reading this, you have to imagine Jesus walking, not his cross down that road. Walking your cross down that road. The perfect Lamb of God, slain from the foundations of the world so that God could restore mankind to himself. And we're in the crowd. For he shall, Jesus shall grow up before him, the Father, as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. When I was young, what we wanted in a Savior was truth. Because we, we don't want lies. That, if you lied, you, we lo- you lost us. Now what people want is, is it beautiful? Is the message beautiful? Is Jesus beautiful? Not Jesus in your unregenerate state. There is no beauty that you should desire. A man carrying your cross, bloody, bruised, beaten, until your definition of beauty changes. Right. 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 Until God does something in here. Right in your gut. Where you're like, Oh. He is despised and rejected by men. Would you make eye contact with him? Walking past? I wouldn't. Not if he was carrying my cross. A man of sorrows and acquainted with Grief. Somebody needs to get prayed for at the end because in the pain that happened to you, you haven't seen Jesus sitting in your pain with you, suffering while you suffered. It was done to him when it was done to you. When you betrayed and when you hurt, you did it to him like you did it to them. A man of sorrows down in the mud and acquainted with grief. And we hid our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. And we did not stand up for him. He bore that cross alone. We didn't reach out a hand to help him. The only one that helped him was forced to by soldiers. Have you ever sat at the bottom, Christ follower? And realized that if the dial of pain was turned up enough, you would walk away from the one who saved you. You would betray him. I would. And if you don't think that you would, all it takes is two more notches of pain. Just for a little bit of relief, just. And he loves you anyways. Not for what you can do, but for all the things that you can't. We don't like being dependent. Get dependent. This is not about you. If you rise, it's never going to be about you again. It's going to be about the only one that matters. He was taken from prison and from judgment and who will declare his generation for he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. God says he was stricken. They made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. the wrath of heaven poured out on sin and it was poured out on Christ and not you, not me. He has put him to grief and not you. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed falling all the way into that ground. He shall prolong his days. The hourglass is going to stretch And that journey and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The pleasure in the suffering. He shall see the labor of his soul. This translated means the fruit of his soul. He shall, as he goes down, he will see you coming back up with him. No guarantees that you would come. He will see the possibility that you might rise with him when he comes. And it'll be enough for him to be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. I'm going to stop there. How much suffering do you think that he bore? You wouldn't bear that much because you would just turn a tap called sin or numbing. You have a limited capacity for suffering. What about the unlimited one? The one whose heart is greater than it it never ends. The bigger your heart is, the more that pain hurts. Unlimited suffering, unlimited. Every nerve ending and every cell in his body is crying out for him to command the angels to come and end his suffering by ending us. And he will not open up his mouth. He will not condemn us. He would save us. His words would be. Father forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. Before he had any indicator. That you would come. Father forgive you. John. And Ryan. Father forgive him. Forgive Sasha. She doesn't know what she did. I'll pay it. The next six days, the next 600 meters, how slow would you go? Would you be willing, because you can't pay for your sins, they have been paid for, would you be willing to suffer from the sins of the people around you, at work, in your home, betrayal, lying, Anger. Would you be willing to take that path down as far as you can go? Because Christ follower, if we won't go down, nobody's coming back up with us. Easter Sunday. If we won't pay for the sins of our people, who will? If we're not put in a position... Where we can forgive, how can the forgiveness of God come to people? How far would you be? Do you want justice? Well, this isn't fair. This isn't right. Do you want justice? I don't want justice. I want salvation. I want mercy. Would you suffer Him putting you in a place, Jesus putting you in a place, where you look a little more like Him and suffer for the sins of the people around you? Putting ourselves in harm's way if that's what it comes to. So that somebody might have an opportunity of forgiveness. How far would you go down? How far would you go down in your relationships? Because some of your relationships are not resurrected because the spring hasn't latched at the bottom yet. You're trying to stay alive. See, you can suffer. You can go down that road if you think resurrection is at the end. But there wasn't resurrection at the end of this road for Jesus, it ended at the cross. It ended with death. Would you see the man of sorrows acquainted with grief? Under your chairs is a communion. You just peel the top layer off for the, the wafer and the next layer for. And as we listen to a song for a couple of minutes. Would you take a journey down with me? Because something in your life, the spring isn't at the bottom yet, and you keep hitting the panic button. You're like, stop, I can't go down any further. I, I don't want to see my cousin out there who stops short of going all the way down. Do not waste the opportunity of suffering. Do not waste the gift When your eyes slowly open and you start seeing the man of sorrows acquainted with grief. As we partake of communion, if you're comfortable with that, as we partake of communion, we're then going to sing a song to our Lord Jesus and show him that his suffering was not in vain.